Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sometimes needing new tires can catch us by surprise. That's why tire power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tirepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Yes, it is the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Crystal clear through the SEN app, of course, and through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani here in the studio with you. And we're joined uh, on the line by the Inner Sanctum's very own John O'Barrell to talk all things T20 World Cup, in particular the post-mortem of Australia's elimination failure to defend its crown from less than a year ago. And John joins us on the line now. A very good evening to you, John How are you? Evening, Paolo. Um, doing well, mate. Um, Super 12 stage is finished. Uh, we've got a couple of cracking semi-finals to look forward to. We do indeed. Uh, but let's uh, rewind uh, a couple of days and talk about the the lads in, in green and gold and the disappointing end to uh, to its T20 uh, World Cup tournament. Uh, you, you penned a great article uh, on the Inner Sanctum website which which went through it all and uh i think the word you used uh to to describe it brilliantly was just uh mediocrity really well i think glenn maxwell probably summed it up best in the post-match press conference after the adelaide game um how much did it really mean to them particularly after it's not even a full calendar year since they won the competition Mm. last um um, in the last World Cup, so how much did it mean to them? They they never really put the, put a full game together. They only turned it on really for patches. Really, you could count on less than one hand the amount of mind blowingly good moments that Australian and Australian player had during this World Cup. So it overall over, overall a very underwhelming and mediocre performance by Australia and. Ultimately, they got what they deserved. Yeah, exactly right. And, okay, so, I mean, we sort of had, and we had talk back the other night after the elimination occurred when when England just got over the line against Sri Lanka. And and the overriding sentiment, I think, was obviously one of frustration. But there are a couple of texts sort of from the other side saying, you know, well, the T20 tournament, that that type of format, does it really mean a lot? You know, the, the most important thing is test cricket and ODI. But... I think for, from my concern, and I don't know if you echo this sentiment, John, I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Do you think that this might just be have a ripple effect on the rest of the, the formats that we see that are coming up in the summer of cricket? Because I'm looking at it, I think a lot of people in the Australian public who love cricket are looking at it and thinking, well, if these decisions and the care factor is very minimal in this tournament and the decisions being made you know, are, are not leading us to victory in these tournaments – is that going to ripple on into ODI and into the Test Series tournament? It's an, it's an interesting question, and it's a very interesting time for world cricket. There's no question that T20 is the preeminent format, and it's the format that's really going to take cricket to the world. We've said a couple of times. The next World Cup is 20 teams, which is allowing more teams from across Africa and Europe to be able to qualify and take part in the world event. More teams 
are playing international T20 cricket these days with international status. So the game is growing and that is the way. And by virtue of that, you have all these leagues popping up around the world. And what you're starting to see now, particularly in New Zealand, but probably Tim David's the best example for Australia, is that some players and international players don't even have a central um, central home cricketing board contract anymore. They're playing for like someone like Trent Bolt, for example. He's not contracted by New Zealand cricket. He's made himself available to play this tournament, and he'll just go off and be a freelance on the T Twenty circuit around the world. And when it's about when he's available and fits into the schedule, mm-hmm. we'll play for New we'll play for New Zealand. So I think that's where we're heading. Me, I'm a traditionalist. I like Test cricket. I was brought up on loving test cricket and loving one-day cricket, just <laughs> like you and I and most people listening to this radio station at the moment. Correct. So there's no doubt that the game of cricket's changed, and it's it's interesting. You know, Ricky Ponting said after Australia's first ever T20 international league made 98 of 46 balls or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> he even he even said that it it's a lot of fun, but no one will take it. No one will take it seriously. Well, here we are about. 17 years later, it is the preeminent form of the game and the dominant form of the game that's really going to see cricket move to the next level. And it's a form of the game that Australia's never really taken seriously. And you can only hope that this early exit will actually sit up and say, right, we've got to, we've been, we've been one of the powerhouses of world cricket for so long when it comes to test cricket, when it comes to ODI cricket, winning all these World Cups, dominating the test scene, it's time that we actually put our resources into getting our T20 system right. And that might not necessarily be creating a pool of players that are T20 specific and only picking from that form of pool of players. I mean, you look at what India have done. Like, they've got such a deep pool of players. Now, I completely understand that they've got all the resources and the people difference and if you make the first 11 in the country of about a billion people, you have to be pretty darn good. <laughs> so they've just picked their T20 team are full of like solid cricketers with the skills to adapt to the best of T20 cricket. And I don't think Australia has necessarily done that and have done that for a long time now. As I've written, they've relied on a lot of names and reputations for a long time. Okay, so just on what you wrote, you sort of suggested that that there had to be there has to be some sort of generational change, which is what you sort of suggested, you know, in the lead into your article. I mean, what does have to really change? I mean, you mentioned that we have to maybe start caring about T Twenty cricket a little bit more, and not necessarily, you know, T Twenty specialist squads per se. But but what needs to go into it from a generational perspective? What needs to change in that perspective? For this, you know, Australian T Twenty format to become a powerhouse like we see in the, you know, the the Test arenas and the ODI arenas. In the simplest form, you need to protect your biggest asset, your your biggest asset. So, in, for Australia, and it's always been our fast bowlers and our mm. bowlers on the pitches that we have in Australia, they're they're fast and they're bouncy. And if you have your fast bowlers who are going to play three form three formats of the game, which not many people do anymore. And uh, you look at Pat Cummins, for example, who's just played a full T20 World Cup. He's now captaining the one day. Is now captaining the one day team through to that next World Cup in India in 2023. And he's got a full Test summer and he's got a tour of India and an Ashes series and an IPL to play. So 
you run the risk of absolutely cooking and potentially injuring mm. your biggest assets in your fast bowlers. And not many players play all three forms of the game. So it's really just a matter of building that depth and building those players, giving them the international experience, but also making sure that they're A, up to the level, and B, they have those specific skill sets to be able to come into a T20 setup and absolutely excel. And again, I hate, um, I'll use New Zealand as an example like this, they've persisted with Martin Guptill at the top of the order for so long, Mm -hmm. for so long. But through domestic cricket and through fan- franchise cricket, Finn Allen's able to bide his time as a young man and at 23 years old, comes out in their CG night one of the tournament, <laughs> ends their tournament effectively in four overs. Yep. So it's, it's about building systematically and carefully and making sure that you're putting the right infrastructure around this next generation of players. Because there are only two players in this Australian squad of 15, three three players in this Australian squad of 15 that were under the age of 30. So most of them probably won't be there by the time the next T20 World Cup rolls around in 2024. So it's time that they continue creating that depth in Australian cricket, which we probably haven't seen in the last couple of years due to the success of the the test side mainly. And those guys spilling over into the T20 format. Mate, be- beautifully summarised, sensationally summarised. Uh, there's a text that's just come off the, the text line here, and I think it's a nice segue into the next question I wanted to ask you. Cameron off the text line saying, it's the Langer firing, it was mutiny, not a good look. Name me any other world-class side who sinks their leader, who look them, who took them to the promised land. Not good. <laughs> and I think you sort of mentioned, and, and we just went over the generational change that, that might be needed. Do you think that, and, and my concern, and I think a lot of the concern within, you know, within the, the fraternity of Cricket Australia is that Langer being ousted from the job and then McDonald being brought in, I don't think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, I don't think they had the view that it was going to be a complete, you know, sort of 180 on what they were doing prior. And it's like, okay, well, we need to sort of build it from the bottom up again. Do, do you feel that 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 is sort of going to have to start to creep in now and that Cricket Australia might not have initially planned for that with McDonald at the helm? Well, just a quick fact check, and it was a great text from Cameron. Justin Langer was offered to coach through to this tournament and to the end of this tournament and he declined. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately... But for some reason, the Australian cricket public isn't so enamoured with the Australian men's cricket team, whether that be through what happened with Justin Langer, whether it be through the um, political um, um, floundering that they've been doing a little bit with the whole um, sponsorship game, which has been going on across a number of different sports. Um, But you also need to remember that cricket's been a game that you don't... As much as you have a coach in particularly in international cricket, a lot of it comes down to your assets on the field, your biggest asset being mm-hmm. the captain and how the captain manages the team. And it's very, very important that Cricket Australia they always choose their captains very, very meticulously. Usually, most of the time, it's the best player in the team and not just the best leader. And the player who takes control of one of the team and two, the dressing room. And with that comes the outlining of values, culture of the team as well. Um, Justin Langer was the best thing for Australian cricket when he came into the job, along with Tim Payne, and they both did a fantastic job at restoring 
Australian cricket's reputation, particularly after sandpaper. Yeah. Now, after the, you see this across a lot of sports, but particularly in cricket, because there is a lot of moving around, and the entire landscape of the sport is changing with T Twenty cricket and all these domestic leagues. Like you, 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 you watch bowl in a few years. Players are going to be signed to different franchises, and they're going to have to like like international like football. They're going to have to be released from their clubs to go and play for the country. So that that's where I think it's heading. So it's a very international. It's very much about not so much the coach, but about who's running the dressing room there. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Interesting times await for cricket Australia, and I honestly can't wait for this this summer of cricket. There's there's a lot of intrigue that that surrounds it, and. The, the pressure is going to be the pressure is going to be on. This is some sort of preamble into into our summer of cricket. Uh, all right, let, let's get on to these semi-finals, Jono, shall we? We're speaking to Jono Varuk from the uh, Inner Sanctum, chatting all things T Twenty World Cup. We've got two cracking semi-finals coming our way. Uh, let's start with uh, well, shall we? St- let's start with New Zealand versus Pakistan. This one coming up on Wednesday night at the SCG, and uh, you're, uh, you you ventured up there to cover it, haven't you? I have indeed caught the flight up to nice. Sydney this morning. Gloriously, gloriously sunny Sydney. And isn't this shaping up to be absolute, an, an absolute cracking final series? We didn't think we didn't think Pakistan would, would be there but until South Africa went and did what South Africa usually do in World Cups and choke. But Pakistan <laughs> are looming as a dangerous proposition. And I, if I was New Zealand, I certainly wouldn't be taking them taking them lightly at all. Um, Shane Shafridi has got himself back to full fitness, taking wickets with the ball. Shadab Khan is one of the most destroyed, absolutely turned Pakistan's tournament on his head from the second he walked out to the SCG less than a week ago and clubbed the 50 of 20-something balls. And Baba Azam starting to find a little bit of touch. Rizwan as well. They're, they're looming dangerously. Um, Pakistan, and it was interesting being at the MCG the other night, Paolo, you listen to all the Indian fans, they only want one thing, provided India have to win through to the <laughs> final themselves first, but there's one game that, he, that they all want once again. Oh yes, mate, I think the whole cricketing world wants it once again, and, and it, I was looking at those games last night with, uh, I just, I'm like, please, I, I was kind of, I was, I was hoping the Netherlands or, or would defeat South Africa or one of Zimbabwe would defeat India and then Pakistan would qualify through because then I thought, well, if the Netherlands beat South Africa, India go through, we could be set for this Pakistan versus India final. And what a final it would be. India facing England in this semi-final on Thursday. H- how are you seeing this game play out? Uh, I reckon if they had enough time to erect a temporary grandstand on the hill at Adelaide Oval, that would sell out in about... <laughs> Five minutes as well. What a what a tantalising game this looms to be, Paula. For me, you got the two best teams, the two deepest squads in the tournament going head to head in a semi final. Um, you just you just see from the way India performed the other night at the MCG, they've just got batting all the way all the way down. Surakumar Yadav hit three of the most ridiculous cricket shots I've ever seen live at the MCG on Sunday night. So he's in some ridiculous form. There's a bit of a concern about their wicket keeper at the moment. And 
whether or not Dinesh Kartik is going to be fit, although pretty handy replacement in Rishabh Punt to just be able to come in. He only made three the other night off five balls, but he's absolutely destructive on his day. So India looking good, just a real nice cheap tune-up against Zimbabwe, which is no slight on Zimbabwe at all. They've been absolutely Pardon me, fantastic across the year, mm. across this year, and for their tournament in Australia. And as well, again, just shout out to the Netherlands as well for what they did. And to Ryan Campbell, the Australian coach, who finishes up at the end of this. And of course, this win for Netherlands means that they get direct qualification to the next T20 World Cup, which is huge for them considering they were likely coming up against the likes of Ireland and Scotland, and only two teams get in from. Europe, so it's massive for them. It's the beauty of the T20 World Cup and the beauty of of upsets from from underdogs, and we saw it in in the back end of the tournament. We've seen it throughout the tournament, and uh, well, these two semi-finals, they're they're going to be absolutely epic, regardless of of the results. And this final coming up on on Sunday is going to be an an absolute cracker. Uh, John O'Baruk covering it for us all from the Intersectum. You can find all his handy work. Uh, check out his Twitter as well. Uh, Jono, mate, pleasure as usual. Uh, go rest up. Go enjoy there. Go enjoy the lovely uh, sun up there in Sydney. And uh, you've brought the good weather with you. So uh, hopefully it stays that way, mate. Uh, enjoy your time up there. Thanks so much, Matt. Thanks no worries. so much, Paolo. Looking forward to chatting during the week. Absolutely. John Baruch from the Intersectum chatting all things T20 World Cup. We'll take a break here on the Overnight Crowd and we'll be back with more after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.